evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. This is a Sunday edition, and it is April 8th, 2018. So what we've been doing on Guys Guys Radio, we've been so busy and we've had so many guests wanting to be on the show, uh, and demand is good, and we love our guests. Uh, so we've added a Sunday edition, and it looks like for the next couple of months, we're going to be on every Sunday and every Wednesday. So looking forward to that. Fantastic. Let me ask you a question. Do you know about your heart? Do you really know about what a dosa is? Do you know what Agni? Do you know how to blend the best of Western and Eastern medicine for your overall health? Well, if you have any questions about that, this is the perfect Guys Guys Radio podcast to listen to because our special guest returning to the show is one of the most uh, intelligent guests I've ever had on the show. I have to really dig into her books when she sends them. And she's a lovely person also, uh, Kavitha Chenayan, MD. And she has a new book. It's called The Heart of Wellness. And it's really a fantastic book. It's about uh, kind of that East-West blend once again in terms of how we, how we manage our health. And I've got lots of questions. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I had a I get a set of questions and then I made my own questions and then I just ran out of questions to put on the paper. And I said, well, there's enough for the show, but there's so many questions we can ask ourselves about heart health and tension, how we take care of ourselves. So let's start out with a little intro on Guys Guys Radio. This is the place where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. You know, Guys Guys Radio, it started out with relationships and it's about relationships, it's about human relationships. It's not, you know, this isn't a bro show. It's for guys and it's for women, but it's not a bro show in that. It's not about beer, just be, just beer and football and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, it's about men, better men, better world, men being at their best. And I think a lot of guys today, they want, they're, they're seeking, they're spiritually think seeking. They're seeking for something more than just the paycheck and the title, even though they like the paycheck and the title and they, and, uh, and they like the titleist too, to play some golf. But I think guys today are looking for a little bit more. There's so much going on today. The world's moving so quickly and people are questioning, like, who am I? What am I? How do I serve? And so we're here on Guys Guys Radio to help. This is our 272nd podcast, and we're growing, and uh, we're having a blast here. I really enjoy the show, and I learned so much from my guests. I hope you're learning out there also, and I do my very best to bring you the best and the brightest on the show. And uh, I have been nothing but satisfied with uh, the quality of our guests, and there's going to be more and more of them lined up especially over the next couple of months. So as I mentioned, I usually do the show on Wednesdays, but I also added these special Sunday editions. So then I had to balance, uh, well, when do I do a guy's guy's guide or a guy's guy of the week? So I figured I've got to do it once a week. But for instance, this past Wednesday, I had a special guest. We didn't do any advertising on it. We didn't do any breaks. I didn't do guy's guy of the week. I didn't do guy's guy's guide. So I said, okay, well, I've got to do it for the week, so I'm going to do it tonight. So tonight we're going to give you a quick guy's guy of the week, and then after our uh, guest part, uh, leaves, we're going to do the guy's guy's guide. And it's in line with the show today because this this week's guy's guy's guide is about supplementation. I've been uh, taking supplements for a number of years, and uh, I don't take any meds, but I do take supplementation. And uh, you have to make the decision on your own. You have to do your research. And I'll only tell you what works for me. 
I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV. I'm a guy's guy, but I've got a lot of, uh, a lot of supplements. I've done a lot of research along with my wife as to the best raw supplements out there. And, uh, they really made a difference in my health and energy and well-being. So we'll get into that, but let's just talk a little bit about what's going on. And then we'll take a very quick break and I'll bring our Dr. Uh, Chenanian on. So, uh, I gotta tell you here in New York city, it's been cold. Everybody is like so tired of winter, but you don't feel, you know, at a certain point every year, you start to feel like the breeze changes and you can feel that summer breeze coming in. We don't have that yet. It's all winter. And today uh, was my son. He's, he's just going to be five years old in a month. So he just got under the wire to get into T-ball. So today was their first practice and game. And uh, so we went down to Riverside Park down by uh, the boat basin on 77th street. And it was cold down. It was about 32 degrees and there's a wind whipping off the water. And these kids, these little five-year-olds running around had never played baseball. Any of them hilarious. So cute. And uh, so we actually got some practice in. we had terrific coaches, the kids, you know, my son, I was like, I, I, I was a baseball. I played baseball like for half of my life and I love the game and I'm good at it. And it's a, it's a tough sport. Uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's kind of a Zen sport, but the toughest thing to do in any sport is to hit a baseball, throw the ball at you to hit it. That's really challenging. A lot of people just throw up their hands and they don't do it. But if you stick with it, it's like anything else. You play golf, the better you get at it, the more interesting the game gets, the more dimensionalized it gets. Same thing with chess, same thing with skiing, same thing with meditation. Same thing with working on, you know, raising your frequency and vibration. So, we went down there and uh, I figured if he gets through today and he's okay with it, then he'll stick with it. And then each Sunday when we have our games, it'll get warmer. He'll be a little bit better. All the kids will be a little bit better. And I was wondering like, well, how's he going to do compared to the other kids? And one thing he's got, my son has, he's got what he calls his speedy legs because we walk everywhere with him and he always wants to race me. So we run, we run along the streets, we run in the park and he is quick. He's quick like a little Energizer bunny. So the first thing they did was the coach said, see that fence way out there? Run down to that fence and run back. He wanted to check out everybody's skill set. So my son, who's the youngest, he actually won by about five yards or so. So he felt good because uh, uh, he, he, he prides himself in his, his speed, even, even at that age. So then they, everybody threw the ball uh, and everybody hit the ball off the tee and then everybody ran to first base and then they went first to second and the next kid was behind them. And then this other team was practicing and they want to have a game. They had a real gung ho coach. Our coach was kind of more, a little more Zen. He was like very teacher and he was great and mellow because these kids, you know, they're like five years old and you know, the ball gets hit and everybody runs to it. And nobody really knew what to do today. But, uh, the other coach was gung ho. He wanted a game. So we played, uh, <laughs> We played two innings. We basically, we let each kid on each team get up twice so uh, f- for both teams. And, uh, you know, by the end of the second inning, the, the kids started to get the hang of it. And it was really cute and it was really fun. And, um, and I had been egging my son on, like, let's bring a ball when we go to the playground. Let's throw it back and forth. So I managed to, you know, get his skill set down a little bit. He's got a ways to go, of course. Uh, it was his first day, but he got through it and it was cold. It was really cold and these kids were cold and they were out there for two hours. So after that, we went to Koreatown for lunch and had some hot soup and 
that was very good. Uh, tofu soup. Uh, not supposed to eat soy, so I only eat it maybe once every two months because a lot of problems with soy, supposedly. But uh, it was fantastic. So we had a great day. It was one of those special days. I was out there. I coached first base. They asked me. One of the coaches didn't show up. So that was fun to have the kids run down towards me. So we did that, and uh, and then we'll see how it goes. But uh, it was a lot of fun to see your, you know, my, see my son first time out there. And he had a little uniform, and I thought he'd be all like picky about the number and everything. So I just picked the jersey out and I said, "Number eleven. What do you think?" Okay, so he's number eleven. So there we go. He's on the Bears. The Bears. So that's a. Uh, that's what I've been doing this weekend. Uh, so I, I got to tell you, I was cold and tired by the time I came home. But uh, we boned up for the show, and here we are. So what else is going on? Well, get your taxes ready. It's that time. Um, you know, now they use a lot of computer-generated. Uh, if they're going to audit you something, if you have an itemized deduction, boing, it pops out if you have a high deduction in a certain area. So with the computers now, there's going to be more and more uh, audits. And so keep your backup information and, uh, make good copies and keep good records and get it in. The faster you get it in, the faster you'll get a refund if you're supposed to get one. So, uh, also baseball in New York, we've got, uh, the New York Yankees, they've been not playing that well. They've getting some injuries, the coach, the new coach manager, Aaron Boone, uh, he's been making some question, questionable decisions, but you know, it's tough. You come up from Florida and start playing baseball in 30 degree weather day after day. These guys, they pull their muscles and stuff and it's, it's tough, but it's a long season. I mean, the regular season goes until October. Then they have like about a month and a half in the postseason If you're fortunate enough to get enough to get there, I think the Yanks will be fine, but it's really not baseball weather yet. So it's like in the thirties today, cold all day, even in the afternoon, still cold. And I was just checking the forecast and Friday of this week in New York, 75 degrees. So go figure. That's what, uh, I don't know if it's climate change or whatever, but we're having a crazy, we had a crazy winter and we're having a crazy spring. So that's it. So let me do the guys, guys, guy of the week, uh, which I like to do. And I neglected to do earlier in the week. And, uh, it's coach Jay Wright of the Villanova wildcats. Um, Villanova, won its second men's national collegiate association uh, basketball title in the past three years. So it's a tournament with 64 teams get in and it's single elimination. You lose one game, you're out. So it's very rare that a team can get not only to the finals, but win two out of three years in a row. And uh, Villanova is not a big, I, I attended Villanova in my undergrad and it's not a big school. It's about, I don't know, about 3000, maybe it's 5,000 students now at, tops and they're playing big schools like they played Michigan in the finals which is probably 50,000 students or something so all the credit goes to the guys guy of the week Jay Wright coach Jay Wright has done a magnificent job over the past I don't know dozen or so years building up that program and uh, attracting and recruiting these really good kids who play together defense rebounding passing very composed team and they shoot the lights out on the ball. There's a lot of confidence. They just shoot it up. And uh, they did a great job, and uh, he was a steady hand at the wheel. So this week's Guys Guy of the Week is Coach Jay Wright of the Villanova Wildcats. Congrats once again. Okay, we're going to take our break, a very, very short break, and then we're going to be back with our special guest, Dr. Kavitha Chenanian, and uh, MD, and we're going to talk about her book, Heart of Wellness. 
Okay, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. As I mentioned, uh, the heart of wellness. Heart health, uh, along with cancer, heart, heart disease, as I think that those are the top two killers. And a lot of that comes from inflammation. A lot of it comes from lifestyle. And there's a lot of misnomers about what is what concerning our health. You know, people take a lot of time with their diet and their fitness routines and all of that. But uh, according to Dr. Chenayan, there's a lot more to it. You can't just do that. You have to have the right intention. And she has a Bliss RX formula for it. So let's bring her on here right now, back to Guys Guys Radio, and we'll talk about The Heart of Wellness, her new book. Good evening, Dr. Chenayan. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me back. Well, fantastic. Um, let's talk about this book. It's fantastic. Um, and there's so much to it. Um, I One of the concepts you talk about is Ayurveda. And uh, I went through a practice. I had uh, uh, kind of a I had to get two robotic surgeries on my kidneys about four years ago. And uh, now I'm 100%. And uh, I went through, as a result of that, uh, Ayurvedic uh, uh, protocol. And uh, I, we did uh, neural therapy. We did, uh, let's see what else. I have them all listed here. Air energy, which is an oxygen therapy. Acmos energy balancing therapy, biomagnetic therapy, biocharger therapy, ultraviolet blood irradiation therapy, and uh, took so many of these uh, HDK gold supplements from the uh, German Alps that uh, it's just uh, amazing what the protocol was and the amount of supplements I took, yet I feel so much better. And it was interesting because they found that uh, some emotional... uh, residue from, uh, uh, I guess, traumatic experience in my life was located in certain organs and they use magnets to pull it out and they even could identify what year these things happened. And, uh, so mm. the whole, uh, that the whole concept of Ayurveda, when I try to explain it to people, I get, I stumble all over myself. So maybe we should start there because you have a kind of a, a blend of being a Western cardiologist as well as kind of an Eastern practitioner and you blend it together in a very, very compelling way. So maybe we can start about talk about Ayurveda, yoga, and Vedanta. Sure. So um, Ayurveda is um, one of the oldest medical systems in the world, um, dated about 5,000 years ago. And um, it is, it's made up of two words. You know, the word Ayurveda is made of two words. Ayur means life and Veda means knowledge. So it is actually the knowledge of life. And so you can see right in the word itself that it excludes nothing, right? So it is, it is uh, all of life is included in this medical system, as in um, it doesn't focus merely on the body, and merely on the physiological processes that are going on in the body, but also includes the mind and includes the environment in relationships and, you know, our past traumas and our future aspirations. All of this is included in, um, you know, in Ayurveda. So it is a very holistic science. And by holistic, you know, we have to get away from this idea that holistic means replacing conventional modern medicines with herbs. That's not it. Mm -hmm. That's not holistic, right? So holistic by definition means, 
you know, it 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 uh, consists of thinking about holes, so the whole picture. And so here, you know, in Ayurveda, um, you know, we look at the person as a whole, uh, the person in relationship with others, in relationship with the world, in relationship with the environment, and um, treat accordingly. So it is... Um, and of course, herbs are used, and there are plenty of uh, you know herbs and other medications that are absolutely amazing in Ayurveda. But a lot of Ayurveda really depends on understanding our own physiology and working with it. And each person has their own kind of um, body mind type, and we work to bring that back into balance. So mm-hmm. that that is the principle of Ayurveda. Okay, well said. Um, how about uh, Vedanta? Yeah, so Vedanta is actually um, a uh, you know a secular science. So in under- in order to understand Vedanta, we have to understand its origins. So the word Vedanta it comes again is it is made up of two smaller words. Veda, as we saw in Ayurveda, means knowledge. And anta means the end. So it means the end of knowledge. And so what, what does that mean? I mean, it's so cryptic and uh, mysterious. So actually, you know, the Vedanta means the end of the Vedas. So the Vedas are the, the oldest um, kind of uh, scriptures in the world. And it's really undated. And uh, they're also known as Shruti, as in they're not really written by anybody in particular, but they are actually um, heard by sages in their deep meditative states and recorded. So they are these vibrations that these sages actually felt um, uh, pertaining to all of reality and recorded these uh, vibrations in the form of you know, in, in language and in verses and so on. So there are four Vedas, and um, and all of these Vedas, each of these Vedas consists of three parts. So the first part has all these, the first two parts have all these rituals and, you know, how, um, and it can be anything from how to uh, make it rain or how, how to build a house and how to compose music and so on. And um, the end parts of the Vedas are um, are uh, these very uh, very deep um, explorations into the nature of reality, and uh, they are called Upanishads. Um, so they these end parts of the Vedas are called Upanishads. And so what that actually means is the this, these Upanishads actually deal with the knowledge of the self. So it is the end of mm-hmm. all that kind of knowledge, the first two parts of the Vedas, the end of that kind of knowledge where you're trying to gain information from outside. And it's the beginning of self-knowledge, so where it is the uh, understanding of the self. So that's why it's called Vedanta, so end of the Vedas means end of that kind of knowledge in the Vedas and the beginning of a new kind of knowledge. But it's also the end of knowledge as we know conventionally, which is information gathering and, and turning backwards to look at 
who really is the one that that knows all this. So, um, and it's a very systematic uh, kind of a science that explores this, and it it, it's completely, um, you you know, what to say? It's it's uh, non-denominational and um, very scientific, logical way of looking at things. Okay, let's. I don't. I don't want to have to have you ask you to keep like defining everything along the way. So let's take a step back because you know this sounds more complicated for the listeners than than it is. The book's very good. It shows how to kind of blend Eastern Western medic, medical techniques and uh, wellness uh, practices that uh, the listeners can do on their own and meditations and a lot of stuff. So let's take a big step back and just tell tell us in your own words what's the book about and what do you want the reader to get out of it. Yeah, so um, this book actually looks at a paradigm shift. So it's a paradigm shift in how we look at health and disease. So uh, what that means is the default paradigm is something that all of us are very familiar with, right? So Mm -hmm. modern medicine is also based on this default paradigm, which is that we take ourselves to be the body and the mind. You know, if I asked you, who are you? or asked anybody on the street, who, who are you? They would, you know, go into this whole history, their, old, right, their right. story of who they think they are, right? Exactly. And our medical system is also based on that. We, we mm-hmm. are treating the body, and we assume that the body right. is the person, mm-hmm. right? So, but Ayurveda takes a very different stance. It, it starts with the, with the declaration that who you are is undying, eternal, unlimited bliss consciousness. Mm-hmm. So who you are is not, you are not somebody who gets bliss from the outside. You are bliss itself. So right. that is the paradigm shift. So um, what happens when we look at health and disease from this new paradigm? What if you understood that who you are cannot be limited by your body or its state of health or disease? What if you... exactly? came to realize that. So that is the paradigm shift that this book is exploring. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the concept, one more concept, uh, forgive me, do- doshas. I think we need to know what doshas are, right? Not necessarily. I mean, it's, it's, uh, doshas are, you know, a, a very popular way of getting into Ayurveda because you've, there are many dosha quizzes online. Even my website has one. And um, this is one way of actually looking at your body, mind type. Um, And there are uh, usually, you know, we say that in Ayurveda, there are seven general body, body, mind types. And um, the whole point of looking at somebody's dosha is to see, look at their own unique kind of fingerprint and get them Mm -hmm. back to their sense of balance rather than a general sense of balance. So, for instance, if you're looking at a particular diet, one diet does not work for everyone because there are many different body types. And mm-hmm. each body type will respond to a particular diet much better than, uh, you know, the popular diet. So one thing doesn't work for everybody. Um, so that, that would be one, one reason to look at um, doshas. But the way I've explored it in, in this book is to not worry about that at all. You know, just follow this general plan, which is what I prescribe to my patients, regardless of your dosha type, because it works for everybody. Okay. How about um, something that seems to be uh, the 
uh, forgive me if I use the wrong term, kind of a root cause of a lot of uh, uh, chronic diseases is inflammation. And I think a lot of people are not sure exactly. They don't have all the right information about uh, inflammation, what it is, what causes it, and why it's such a concerning issue for your mind, body, spirit. And some of the, and you do a great chapter on diet in terms of, and it had some surprising uh, learnings in there as to some foods to eat, some not to eat, some foods that you can eliminate to, to lose weight. Talk to us a little bit, a bit about inflammation, uh, how diet impacts it and other factors and why inflammation is so important to uh, kind of understand. Sure. Um, so inflammation is basically um, one simple way of looking at, at uh, inflammation is to say it's uh, irritation. So it is an irritation in the tissue that is uh, incited um, by uh, by one one or other uh, a combination of factors, and that results in a a very a dramatic cellular and immune response, um, and that causes uh, you know uh, like a whole cascade of reactions, um, starting with that particular insult, in, initial insult, and then this whole the body itself puts up this whole. Um, you know, a response that is meant to heal, but actually it results in more damage. And um, inflammation is the cause of, you know, many, many, many chronic illnesses. In fact, most chronic illnesses um, have inflammation as their source. And it is, that's very much true for heart disease because heart disease is a chronic inflammatory disorder. So there is a slow inflammatory process that occurs in the arteries that results in the buildup of this plaque, which then causes blockages that cause heart attacks and so on. Okay, very good. Um, you also talk about one more concept, forgive me, uh, but it's in the book and I think it's important, is the agni. Agni, yes. Yeah. Yes, so agni is... Um, so Agni, one simple way of looking of defining Agni is to say it is the digestive fire. So, but it isn't. It isn't just the digestion of food. It's also our capacity to process things. You know, it's like the. It's the. It's our ability to process information, to process our past, to forgive, to move on, to let go, to to be able to. Um, process our perceptions and our sense perceptions and our thoughts and our feelings. So Agni is actually that that concept of the of the overall digestive fire. So when that digestive fire is out of balance, that's when this whole inflammation of the mind and the body begins. Where you know it's it's responsible for of course the digestive disorders and several inflammatory and other chronic illnesses, but it's also responsible for depression, for anxiety, for, you know, panic disorders, for this hostility and anger and this, this chronic resentment and so on that, that we harbor is also because of an imbalanced agni. Okay, great. Um, let's, to, to kind of bring it down for our listeners again, let's talk about the chapter uh, of Eat for Bliss. Um, talk to us a little bit about what we're getting wrong with our Western diet and how we can uh, factor your bliss promoting recipes into that and what foods to kind of eliminate and what foods we shouldn't eat at certain times. I know you talk about that, you know, our uh, 
are, you know, the fitness routine, your diet, that's one thing. And you, we can't discount them, but that's not the most important part of our wellness. So maybe start there Correct. and then dovetail into the diet. Sure. So, um, you know, in order to understand this whole concept of Agni, um, we just have to get a little bit into the whole circadian rhythm. So, you know, last year, two Americans were awarded uh, the Nobel uh, Prize for um, in physiology for describing, um, you know, this whole issue of the circadian rhythm. And um, these are the cycles of day and night and how they affect our biology and how certain hormones and certain glands are active during the day and why they're active others are active during the night and how this actually affects our our health and our emotional state and our wellness and everything everything you know starts from there but ayurveda has been saying this for about 5000 years you know the exact same things for 5000 years which is to say the first thing that I would recommend for everybody, regardless of their dosha type, is to become regular in their habits. So mm-hmm. if, if you, and, and the most important things there are to go to bed at the same time, time, eat at the same time. So if you only did that and nothing else, your life would improve. So go wow. to bed by time. Why, why, okay, why is that? Go, that's because you are allowing your body's natural responses to become active at the times when they should be active. Mm-hmm. So if you eat, for instance, if this, um, so let, let's talk about sleep. Because most, so, most people are all over the place. Yes, most people are all over the place. And so what happens with this is the body doesn't know what to do with um, you know, these hormones that are that should not be secreted at certain times and they're being secreted because we're not going to bed and the, and we are trying to stay awake, uh, you know, at all odd hours. And the best example of this is in people who do shift work. So now there is a, a described entity called mm-hmm. shift workers disease. Right. Because, and, and, you know, this is seen in people that need to stay awake at night and they're going to bed during the day and these hormones are all over the place and these people tend to have much more higher rates of heart disease and cancers and so on. So, um, so that is, you know, that is uh, one, one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is to eat on time and know what to eat when, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little bit counterintuitive compared to the uh, the American way of eating. For instance, the Western way of eating is to eat uh, like literally no lunch or to have a very light lunch because you're on the go and to have the majority of your calories come in at night. Right. And, and it usually tends to be later in the night, you know, 7, 8, 9, 9 p.m. And then you go to bed, you know, at another at odd, odd times. So multiple studies have been published just in the last 10 years describing the, the negative effects of eating this way. And, and again, Ayurveda says, don't do that. Let lunch be the biggest meal of your day. Mm-hmm. You know, so eat your biggest meal at lunch and then eat a very light dinner and don't eat anything after 6.30 at night. So then... Okay your body has a chance to actually 
get back into its own circadian rhythm and the hormonal pathways become more balanced and suddenly you start feeling better. And this is how it is with all my patients. When I ask them to do this and they do this, they feel, you know, they can't understand how a small change like this could be so important. How about the whole uh, aspect, I think, for the American diet? Um, I'm doing this thing right now uh, for this year. It's called, I coined it, the process of elimination diet. And I'm doing it as a tool to kind of learn about my body and how it reacts to different things. So basically what I've done is I've cut out one food that I don't think is probably good for me from the Western diet out of my diet every week for the year. So I'm up to week 15. So I started with alcohol then the ice cream, cream, uh, pie, candy, chocolate bars, whatever. And I'm going along and I've noticed like I cut out rice the last two weeks. So I went out to a Chinese restaurant and a Korean restaurant and both cases that typically you get some rice with it. I did not eat rice either time. I can tell you, I felt so much better after eating because I wasn't bloated. And it seems like a part of the, uh, our American diet is we have a lot of these simple sugar refined carbohydrates that just bloat us up and uh, really don't do anything for us. And then they turn into sugar. Yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, your, your insights are absolutely phenomenal because that's, you know, the, the first thing I ask people to cut out is uh, refined sugars and, and mm-hmm. simple kinds of carbs, you know, and really resort only to whole grains because, again, that makes so much of a difference. Um, you know, we just don't realize how much refined sugar we eat, especially if you're doing a lot of processed foods. If you're doing a lot of packaged foods, you're getting too much refined sugar and salt, both of which are extremely inflammatory. It's not the fats that are inflammatory to the arteries. It's the sugar that is inflammatory. Mm -hmm. So um, if, if you can cut it out, I say cut it out completely. You know, all the all the refined stuff, just cut it out. All the pastries and sweets and, and so on and so forth. Um, absolutely, you know, put that on your do not eat. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, uh, I cut alcohol first and uh, then I wanted chocolate bars. And it's like I was just replacing one sugar with another. And then I wanted bagels or something. And then I started cutting the things out and I realized, okay, here's a pattern. I just keep finding a replacement that's simple carbohydrate or some type of, something that turns into sugar, and I have to eliminate that, and then I'm going to feel better. The other thing I uh, uh, cut out uh, a couple of years ago that you mentioned in your book is caffeine. About five years ago, I stopped no caffeine, and I had a headache for a couple of days, and that was it. And I just have decaf. I don't drink that much coffee. A lot of people are crazy about coffee. It's not necessary, and I don't miss it at all. I wake up in the morning. I don't need the kickstart because, to me, I always felt like I was on a hamster wheel where you you wake up tired and you have your coffee, and then you drink coffee throughout the day, and then you can't fall asleep. Then you wake up tired again, and you do the same thing. And it is a drug that kind of speeds you. It makes you, like, irritable. And uh, so I, when I cut that out, I walked away from it and just forgot it. And that's one of the things you mentioned in the book, doctor, is uh, caffeine. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Because I know America runs on caffeine, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's like the most acceptable drug all in the world, isn't it? Um, yeah. And um, I have the same experience as you, which is, you know, when I completely – get off caffeine I feel a million times better and um, 
So here's the thing, you know, there are several studies that have come out recently that that really talk about the benefits of caffeine in, you know, reducing cardiovascular mortality right. and so on. Mm-hmm. But but what these studies don't address is that there are two types of metabolizers of caffeine. And so there are about 40% of the population actually benefits a little bit from caffeine. But more than half the population that is getting the caffeine doesn't really benefit from caffeine because they metabolize caffeine very differently. And so it doesn't benefit everybody. It's only a a proportion of people that uh, they study that benefit from the caffeine. And it's really hard to know where we are unless we get off of that and see how our body responds to it. And, um, and, and more so, you know, I, there are some studies that say that have linked uh, caffeine to osteoporosis in women. And in general, you know, when we are talking about this, this need for us to be grounded in the mind and body, caffeine really undoes that, you know, because it's a stimulant and it makes us ungrounded and really jumpy, even if we think that's not the case. We simply lose our ability to focus and concentrate and and to really be grounded in our bodies and and this paradigm shift that I'm talking about becomes harder um, you know with that kind of uh, with that kind of a dependency on anything mm-hmm. let's continue on that thought um uh, because I think Americans are very scattered brains uh, they're very smart and they're very ambitious and they work really hard but and I, I don't. And I'm not blaming Americans. I'm an American. I have the same thing. I'll give you an example. Um, I'm pretty cleared out now, and I do meditation and things like that. But I was doing something uh, from one of my guests uh, had a uh, calligraphy thing, and he gave me uh, there's a symbol in his book, and I put it down, and I picked one of the practices, and I do this tracing, and uh, read this uh, little piece every morning, and then I trace, and then I trace later in the day. As I read this piece, I notice every time I'm doing that. I'm thinking of something else instead of focusing on the words and I'm yeah. pretty mindful. Yet I'm still in two places at once, once. And I'm like, man, if I'm doing this, I probably was five places at once before. And a lot of people are probably 10 places at the same time. And it, it, everything I've been taught by the teachers and the wellness experts and people like yourself on the show is like the importance of meditation. And people think like, Oh, you meditation just stop everything. But it's, you know, we're a country of chest breathers and, that's not a good thing. So maybe you can just take what I just threw at you and talk about how your book uh, uh, works with all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's the thing is um, this whole issue of being scatterbrained, right? I mean, we, that's our default mode of operation. (laughs) Exactly. uh, How many of us, how many of us can actually remember how we, you know, drove from point A to point B. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of times you just get to your destination and you don't even remember the journey, right? Because mm-hmm. you were somewhere else. And, um, you know, and this is despite years of mindfulness and other right. kinds of practices, right? And so it, it hasn't become hardwired in us yet that this, now is all we have and and this now is the only place that we can ever be um and that that kind of that raciness of 
uh, the mind of being either in the past or in the future or somewhere else is exactly. really what we are trying to address um, because we can't really understand the fundamental uh, nature of who we really are if we are not grounded right mm-hmm. here. Yeah, that's a great point. It's like uh, I walk, when we go to this beach town, we go to my son and I, and last year, well, he's four now. So he was just turned four when we did it last year. And he would be like, no, dad, let's go down this street. I really want to go down this street. I'm like, why? And he'd point something out on the street or say, see, way down there, there's these blinking lights. I like to look at that. And I'm like, I never even noticed that because I'm just walking down the streets that I've walked down a gazillion times and I don't even notice. Or here in New York, he'll pick up things that I, I don't even notice because he is present. And I am not sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, um, you know, have you seen the cartoon of a dog and, uh, and you know, this man, they are sitting together and the man is, is you know, has all these different thought bubbles around him. And, uh, you know, uh, including uh, I need to be here now. <laughs> Whereas mm-hmm, exactly. the, the, the thought bubble around the dog is, the picture of them being there. <laughs> and, you know, it is, uh, you know, when we talk about the scattering thing, it's the, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, it's like, it's kind of this, we have this concept of, it's the, as you call it, the illusion of separation. Uh, yeah. And the Hawthorne effect. Maybe, uh, can you talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah, so the, the illusion of separation is, um, you know, it's, it's, this is one of those things that won't be simple, you know, if you if you don't follow the book to understand or you don't have that um, background a little bit. So, um, you know, what we are talking about here is that we, because we think that we are this mind and body and, and our mind, body and our stories are necessarily different. You have a different story. And so, you know, you're an American, you're, you're a man, you have a child, you're a father, and you have the story and so on. And I have a different story. You know, I'm a woman I'm mm-hmm. in, of Indian origin and, and blah, 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 right? So yeah. these stories that we think that we are is what keeps us separate from realizing that actually fundamentally you and I are the same. There is mm-hmm. absolutely nothing that separates us and and you know th- that is the foundation of this oneness that we talk about oneness is not that you know i remain separate and i'm connected to all these 7 billion people around the planet that that still remains at the superficial level mm-hmm. oneness is to know that there was no separation in the first place it is How not a the- connection it's, okay. it's, it's not a connection. It's understanding that fundamentally who we are is non-separate, that okay. there is no separation. So would you, could we, or is it necessary for the learnings in your book and uh, what you teach uh, to have the belief that uh, we're about consciousness more than body and our consciousness is um, limitless? Uh, in that it keeps going. The body may pass, but our consciousness keeps going. Is that part of the whole thinking behind this? 
Yeah, but it's not a belief, you know. It's that's the thing. So when we talk about things like Vedanta, it's it it doesn't ask us to believe anything. It asks mm-hmm. us to examine our own experience as okay. we sit here directly and see if it's true. You know, if it's true that actually there is separation. So in the book, you know, I go through a lot of different chapters, particularly yep. later in the book, that get into these kinds of, um, you know, deep inquiries. And they, these kinds of inquiries are made a little bit easier if we, uh, if we have some degree of inner stillness and silence through a daily meditation practice. Then we are able to go deeper into those kinds of inquiries. Okay. Uh, let me wrap with uh, one question for our listeners. Could you give like three or, and mention anything else we, you want to get out there about the book and, of course, your website and everything, but three practices, three things, three tips, if you will, that uh, people can just immediately put into practice that will help them live a yes. better life? Absolutely. So I will say the same thing that I say to every single patient. One is follow those regular timings I was talking about earlier. Go to bed mm-hmm. no later than 10 p.m. Wake up no later than 6 a.m. Nobody needs to be in bed after 6 a.m. So make sure you follow those. And secondly, make you know changes in your in your eating pattern so that you're eating lunch. You know every day between you know 10 and 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. and make that the biggest meal of the day. Make dinner light and don't eat after 6.30. Number three, meditate every single day. If you did those three things, your life would change. And just just for, uh, uh, in terms of meditation, some people say, well, I don't have a half hour to do that. Can, what, give, give us the, like, what would be the simplest form of meditation that everybody, everybody can make time for? Well, here's the thing. So the meditation I teach, which is, by the way, free on my website, it's called the Bliss Meditation uh, Course. Anybody can just sign up and take that course. It's free. And um, it teaches you how to meditate. You need to know nothing about it. And um, there are no quick fixes. I'll I'll tell you that. That's the bottom line. There is no magic bullet and there are no quick fixes. So if we you want to see a change, you have to make time for it. And 20 minutes twice a day isn't really a whole lot. In the grand scheme of things, everybody has 20 minutes twice a day mm-hmm. to, do, to, to make a change. Got it. I think that's well said. Uh, so, Dr. Where can uh, our listeners find the book, The Heart of Wellness, Bridging Western and Eastern Medicine to Transform Your Relationship with Habits, Lifestyle, and Health, and where can they learn more about you and get that bliss meditation? I'm going to give it a shot tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Oh, yes, absolutely. So uh, my website is kavitamd.com, K-A-V-I-T-H-A-M-D.com. And there are links to uh, the books, my books, and there are links to my courses and uh, retreats and other events that I do and uh, workshops and so on. So all the information is um, on, on my website. Okay. And just in closing, um, you know, I had mentioned the practice and protocol that I went through. It's interesting. I had, you know, when we talk about the blend of Western and Eastern medicine, I had to have something cut out. 
I went in, I had two robotic surgeries within five weeks. And then I asked the doctor, I said, well, what was the cause of that? And he said, sporadic. And he was a great surgeon. I was lucky. They call him like golden hands. And uh, I ended up getting him. And um, so I'm like, okay, great surgeon. I don't like that answer to myself. So I decided, well, uh-huh. I have to do something about it. And one of our guests, uh, Dr. Amit Goswami, he said, you know what? You should really, it's more than that. It's more than just, you know, there's something there and you take it out. You may have a propensity for that. So I'm going to send you someplace. And I went to a, uh, an Ayurvedic uh, place in the Manhattan and they, I, I went through whole hog, the whole treatment. And, uh, and I think it really, I believe it really helped me a lot. And they said, you know, now your cells are talking to each other. You've done fabulous. And, you know, sometimes you, you kind of don't know, you have to have the intention, you have to have the belief, but I've never felt yeah. better. Yes, I agree. What a story that is. That's amazing. Okay, good. I'm, I'm, I, I wasn't sure, <laughs> but I, uh, you know, it's something, you know, I think you have to go into any type of uh, protocol with the intention. Cause I said, what if, what if this doesn't work? He said, well, you have to, it's up to you. He said, you have to have the, the doctor said, you have to have the intention. You have to be, you know, you have to lead the charge on this. And, uh, so I just was open and went through it. And uh, whenever I had to put myself into it, I did. And I think for our listeners out there, you have to participate. When you go through any type of medical situation, you have to be part of it. You can't just sit there and let people tell you, do this, do that. You just have to, you, have, you know, it's you. And, uh, and if you have an intention to, to heal, uh, that's going to help you. Is that correct, doctor? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I couldn't have said it any better. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much once again for being uh, my guest on Guys Guys Radio. It's always a pleasure, and I always have to like your your books. You take on complicated issues and you make them so simple, and you blend them together, and it's just you do it in a poetic way. And this book has a lot of information, and it has great practices in it. So I really think you, this one. I think you did a tremendous job on it, and I. I hope I asked the right questions because there's a lot there and we could go on and on and on. So I want to wish you the best of luck and thank you again for being our special guest on Guys Guys Radio, Dr. Kavitha Chenanian. So thank you, doctor. I really appreciate you being on the show. Oh, thank you. It was so fun. Okay. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to do, actually, I'm going to do my Guys, Guys, Guide of the Week real quick, and it's going to be about supplementation. And as I mentioned earlier in the show that I've taken a lot of, I take a lot of supplements now. I don't take any meds, and I'm a boomer, and I'm like the only boomer I know who doesn't take any meds. I take supplements, and I feel I'm very fortunate, but I did a lot of work to find out uh, what what would work for me. So let's take a quick break, and we'll get right back to that. Okay, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. Uh, this is your host, Robert Manny. Um, let's talk about uh, the Guys Guys Guide of the Week. So I mentioned meds and supplements, and, you know, I, I go in every year now because I had to have my robotic surgeries, and I have an MRI once a year, and it's been great. But I learned that I have to do some things for myself. I have to participate in my healing. I have to have the intention. I have to eat the right foods. I have to have the right practices. And I have to think bigger than just my body. But I also have to think of my body, too, and what I ingest. So as I work on my diet, and I'm doing now my practice, uh, practice uh, process of elimination diet, I'm also taking supplements. So let me just tell you what I take. I'm not saying anybody else should take this. You have to do what's right for you. First thing I take is a raw one vitamin for men. 
It's a multivitamin. It's raw, whole food-based dietary supplement. It's easy to absorb, and it's chock full of all the vitamins the body needs, A, C, D, E, K, etc. cetera. Uh, I believe in raw products. It has Brussels, It has powder in there that has beets, broccoli, carrots, spinach, tomato, ginger root, red cabbage, tart cherry, Brussels sprouts, Celery, probiotics, enzymes, on and on. So if you're going to take one thing, uh, that's what I would take uh, if I had to take one supplement. I also take pure turmeric, turmeric, curcurnum with black pepper extract. Turmeric is a uh, strong anti-inflammatory and antioxidant supplement. It's made from a root. And uh, I take a standardized version. And it's got uh, the all-important black pepper that facilitates the body's absorption. Uh, it's good supposedly for liver health, skin care, antioxidants, and uh, good for depression. I take uh, one capsule a day. I take a vitamin C, a thousand milligrams. But apparently, I've read uh, I've read that too much absorbic acid isn't good. So I also use a powder called Camu Camu, which is chock full of vitamin C. So I take one or the other. Another thing I take is bromelain. Uh, bromelain is a uh, anti-inflammatory little tablet I take every day. Uh, it helps for joint health and arthritis. I take a raw vitamin D, which is the sunshine vitamin. And you know, a lot of t- times we stay out of the sun now. We put sunblock on. For me, I use the Garden of Life raw version. Uh, it's made from a raw fruit and vegetable blend. 2000 I use tablet a day. As a guy, a uh, boomer guy, I take Saul Palmetto extract. It's an all-natural herbal supplement that helps the male prostate health by shrinking and shrinking the prostate lining. So, you know, if the, when the prostate uh, expands, that pushes against your urinary tract, and that makes guys, you know, you have to get up during the night and pee a lot. Uh, also, I take uh, something for omega-3. So for me, what works for me is cold-pressed organic flaxseed oil. A lot of people like fish oil. But sometimes it's hard to find the right fish oil, but um, I take flaxseed oil. Again, cold-pressed, organic. It promotes heart health, healthy skin, hair and nails, and supports the immune system. I take one a day. Uh, I also take, this is interesting, two double-strength Argonite tablets and one pine bark capsule. The combination of these two supposedly uh, helps uh, uh, provide more oxygen and more oxygen in the blood. And that's good for guys. It's good for athletic performance and it's good for, you know, what other kind of performance guys, uh, also take probiotics. Uh, a lot of Americans have candida overgrowth from all the sugar and processed foods we eat and inflammation in our gut area. And the gut's really been proven to be a second brain. So I want to kill off that candida. So I take one that's called a Saccharomyces. Bullardil plus MOS high potency probiotic that in, supports the intestinal tract and survives the passage through the stomach and its acids. It's one strain. And I also take uh, Jarodophilus, which is another brand that has eight strains. So if you want to take probiotic, just do your research and find a brand that works for you. And the last thing I take is a, a mega hydrate tablets, uh, which are designed to unlock the potential of water as the medium for neutral nutrient replenishment and waste removal at the cellular level. It helps capture antioxidants that die quickly, can die quickly, and it comes in a compressed powder for hydration and uh, antioxidants. So that's what I take. I'm not hawking these for anybody else. Nobody, none of these brands that I mentioned are advertising on the show. This is what I take. You don't want to take any supplements. Some people think it's a pile of nonsense. Don't. 
but works for me. I'm doing the same workout that I did 30 years ago, and I feel great. I'm not bragging. But I'm just very appreciative, and I know that everybody has to participate in their wellness. And so what I do is, and I just picked up some more learning, regular habits, cut out the refined sugar, uh, eat at the same time, go to bed at the same time, don't eat the big dinner. And of course, you know, we do that. We go out for dinner, we have some drinks, you go to bed with a full belly. Over time, not good for you. I found as a boomer, the biggest thing is you can't, we can't boomers and particularly boomer men, we can't just live the same way, do the same thing over and over again forever. We eat too much. We drink too much. We have a lot of stress. And as we age, you got to cut back because your, your, your body slows down a bit and, um, you have to dial things back. And, uh, and even if you're in athletic performance, I, I work out a lot, but I listen, I listen to my body. I use my brain a lot in the workouts. If I need a day off, no big deal. I'm in it for the long haul and I plan on being here for a long time. So anyhow, thank you so much for listening to guys, guys radio. We're back with our regular show again this Wednesday. We've got uh, author quantum author, Richard Gordon is going to be on. He's got a couple of books that we're going to talk about. And uh, so we're, we're in the wellness area for a little bit here, uh, but we'll be getting back into relationships and uh, hopefully some fantasy sports and, uh, some uh, we've got some psychics coming on and uh, some other metaphysical teachers and uh, some dating experts, too. So uh, really looking forward to the next couple of months on Guys Guys Radio. As always, you can find me on Facebook, robertmanny.com. You can find me at where I have my syndicated blog. The name of my novel, Where Everything Started, is The Guys Guys Guide to Love. You can find that on Amazon and all the e-tailers. It's still in a couple of bookstores. Um, I'd appreciate it if you support me through that. Also, uh, all podcasts of Guys Guys Radio are available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Blog Talk Radio. If you could give us a review uh, or subscribe on iTunes, it's a big help. I'm bootstrapping this brand right now, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll be getting some sponsors, more sponsors together so we can expand and expand and expand and bring you more shows and great guests and continue, just continue expanding the club. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. So you can catch me there. And uh, once again, this is Guys Guys Radio. I'm your host, Robert Manny. I thank you for for being with us. And I hope you got a lot out of the show. And uh, as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.